It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. What up, folks? Welcome in. Monday edition of The Edge. We got a good one on tap. Jimmy Ott is going to be with us out of Baton Rouge in 15 minutes. Got a lot to discuss with Jimmy Ott, including a recap of the NFL draft. Brad Powers, 1.30 p.m. Pacific time as well. College football and NFL analyst. And, of course, to my right, as he usually is, winner of third place in NFL mock draft databases, graded mock drafts. 1,375 mock drafts graded. And Matt Humans with 25.7% accuracy, Gets third place. What's up, man? You How said you third place winner. I don't think third place is a winner. You get a bronze. Only if you finish first. Are you a winner? You know what was interesting about that? Yeah. Is I put out that mock draft 2.0 like 11 days before the draft. Yeah. If I had actually done 3.0 and flipped picks number one and two, I probably would have been the winner in the mock draft contest. But I decided not to put out mock draft 3.0. But it still worked out pretty well anyway. Who cares? Let's move on to the <laughs> NBA playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft uh, later in the show. Some of the biggest winners, I thought, uh, from the weekend in Vegas. I want to talk about the Boston Celtics because you got a great futures bet on the Celtics, 66 to 1. You talked about it on this show, I'm going to say, three months ago. Is that right? Yeah. Also and, on the uh, podcast, you got to check that out. Hardwood Handicappers. Yep. Going into the second round of uh, the playoffs against the Bucks. You got to feel pretty good. You're um, a one to two favorite in the series, and you got home court, and the Celtics don't show up for game one. I, th- I thought the Bucs really brought it on the defensive end of the floor, 
And I was not that surprised because I thought they were going to be live dogs mm -hmm. in game one, even without Chris Middleton. But to see the Bucks kind of dominate that game from start to finish was a little bit surprising to me. So what do you take away from game one of the Bucks celtics series, and how concerned are you about your futures bet? Uh, not entirely. Not really concerned. You know, one game and a best of seven, you don't want to, you know, jump ship. There's a lot of people who after one or two games, like, it's over. You never want uh -huh. to do that. Um, and I'd also say I, my observation was yesterday is I think it was kind of, I keep using the term shock to the system to play a team that's this good defensively after taking on the Brooklyn Nets in the first round, right. who are nowhere near as good defensively, nowhere near as physical. Uh, they don't have a defender that is roaming to help on drives to the basket like a Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, I think it's just kind of a different animal when you're facing a team like Milwaukee. They're in, as much as I complained about their lackadaisical effort Milwaukee defensively in like that game two against Chicago, the reason why I complained about it is because you knew they were much better than the effort that they put forth, and you really saw that in this game. They're picking up guys full court. They're getting really aggressive. Giannis was super aggressive, and I thought, in helping on drives to the hoop. Like, I thought it was a really good defensive performance from Milwaukee, and I thought it was more of like a, hey, you know what, Boston, they just got done taking on one of the worst defensive teams in the uh, postseason, and I think it's kind of a really big shock to go and then face a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, I think it's called a step up in class. Right. You know, that's what you're you're facing a team that's on a different level defensively, and uh, sometimes that step up in class takes you a little bit to get adjusted to. Yeah, the Nets are a poor defensive team, and actually, you know, KD and Kyrie weren't that great on the offensive end right. uh, in the in the back half of that series after Game One. So, I don't know. I I'm not sure if I want to take the adjusted series price on the Celtics at this point after losing Game One at home. I know you have some numbers. Uh, that you dug up, uh, I think from Twitter, that showed that the Celtics are not exactly uh, blindfolded and backed against the wall. Now, this, this, is, uh, this is from Kevin Pelton. This is pretty good. Somebody on Twitter reminded him of this trend, and he went back and, and confirmed it, looked it up. Uh, how about this? Teams that win game one on the road by double digits in the NBA have gone 2-10 and ten in the series over the last decade. Yeah. Now that, of course, the most recent that's actually. Surprising. That's surprising. And that was this year, actually. That was just a couple of weeks, just a week ago. Minnesota went into Memphis. They won game one by 13 points, went on to lose the series against the Memphis Grizzlies. So it's, I don't know what the correlation would be there, right? I, like if you just catch a team by surprise, the better team by And I guess, two, theoretically, if you're looking at it, if you're winning game one on the road, you are the lesser seeded team, uh -huh. which would theoretically mean that you are the worst team uh, in most instances. Now, this one, because the Bucks. Right, played the game at the end of the regular season. They are the worst seeded team here. But regardless, pretty interesting trend. Again, teams that win game one on the road by double digits have gone two and ten in the series over the last decade. So that would throw Milwaukee uh, underneath that umbrella. And I also think too, like you know, you always look back at these games and you say, okay, so if anything, what went well for the Boston Celtics? And I think the one thing you look at is. From a defensive standpoint, they played pretty tightly. Uh, in non-garbage time minutes, a defensive rating of 103.1. Uh, in terms of half-court defensive efficiency, they did a really good job. They, they defended very well in the half-court. Milwaukee only had an offensive rating of 75.6 in the half-court. And while Boston wasn't really that good, they actually still had a better one, 79.3. The, the thing that killed them was two things. One, transition. They weren't very good in defending that. Milwaukee plus 7.2 points per 100 possessions. Uh, essentially improved their offensive rating by 7.2 points through transition offense, average 1.5 points mm -hmm. per play. And on the other end, this is from ESPN Stats and Info, Celtics made just 10 two-pointers in their game one loss to the Bucks, second fewest in any playoff game all time. 2017 Rockets against the Spurs, they only made nine. It's also the fewest made two-pointers in any game in Celtics history, regular season or playoffs. So got to get a little bit more aggressive when you're getting to the hole too.
Well, that's true. But like you said, you've also got a better defensive team, especially yep. with Giannis back there who can kind of work as a rim defender as well. But it was stunning to me when I saw that yesterday that the Celtics had 10 two-point field goals yep. in a 48-minute game. That's, that's not going to get it done too often. Unless you shoot the lights out and hit 25 threes yeah. in a game, that's probably not going to get it done. So I, I guess my question to you is, before the series, I briefly thought about betting the Celtics. I said, nah, $2 is too high a price. If they lose game one, maybe I'll bet, this, I'll bet the Celtics at that point. Right now at the Westgate Superbook, the Celtics are plus 120 to win this series. Are you tempted to bite on that if you don't have a futures ticket, which yeah. you do, so you're probably not going to do it. Uh, would you be tempted to play the Celtics plus 120? Are you concerned that the Celtics might be a little bit beat up and Jalen Brown's what, injury, yep. hamstring injury, might be problematic for Boston in this series? So I, I think from a just pure price standpoint, I would say yes. If I didn't have anything on Boston, like if I'm already involved, uh, I would come back and bet them to win the series at plus 120. But you mentioned it. There's multiple things. It's Jalen Brown, hamstring injury, looked really ineffective and turned the ball over eight times. It's yeah. one game, so we'll see if maybe that turns around. But it's not just him anymore, right? We had Robert Williams take a shot to the groin and had, actually had multiple ailments in that game uh, that he was dealing with. Reportedly, Marcus Smart dislocated his shoulder in the middle of the game. On the broadcast, they called it a stinger. Uh, but Tim Bonsemps and others reported that it actually popped out of place. Yeah. So we'll see what, how that bothers him going forward. Well, here. That could be a big deal, too. It could be, it, unless it's a clean, like I've, uh, I've dislocated my shoulder and it was clean and popped right back in. So you could probably go forward if it was clean enough without any, uh, without any issues. Uh, but that's still something to worry about, especially against Milwaukee. And to give Milwaukee credit, too, you know, the loss of Chris Middleton's big. They're a pretty good team, man. Like the, the addition of Grayson Allen in the offseason was a really good yeah. addition for them, and he proved to be pretty good in this game against the Boston Celtics. They, they're they a pretty big team. They start Bobby Portis, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. It's a really big front court that you got to deal with, too. So I'm like, again, I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but I, I was watching that game like, by the end of it, and I was like, man, that's not a great performance from Boston, especially with, I don't know if you felt this way after the first quarter. After mm -hmm. the first quarter, because I had Milwaukee yesterday, plus four and a half. I thought Milwaukee was going to get smacked in the face after the first quarter. I thought it was a terrible first quarter for Milwaukee. Boston was playing that well defensively. But you look up, Milwaukee was leading, mm -hmm. and they ultimately just ran away with it. So I think there's still positives there for Boston. I, I know you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But can, you, the put, bath water, can yeah. you put the toothpaste back in the tube, or can you put the genie back in the bottle? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, like I'm always, I'm always pretty stubborn with this. You know, there's, it's one game. Let's see what happens in two, uh, game two. But I will say this uh -huh. as you look at game two, and I, I was making this case, and I want to get your thoughts on this. So now we're into the second round, and it's a short sample size. But this has been pretty persistent. That home court is still only worth about one point if you're actually right. looking at the numbers. And yet the market is still considering it worth three. And so, again, when I look at, like, when I factored it in for game one, and then I look at here at game two, and you're still catching four and a half – Realistically, if you're going to say that home court is worth one and a half, let's say, then shouldn't this number be more like three as opposed to four and a half? Well, you got, you got another factor. You got another factor in this game. You got the series favorite that's in a 1 0 hole. Right. So that, that's going to play into the line adjustment too and inflate the line a little bit. And uh, Celtics four and a half point favorite. I can understand that, I think, in game two because you do have the favorite at home down a game. So I think that kind of overrides. Uh, some of those other factors just a little bit to push that number a little bit higher. Game two, Tuesday night in Boston. We got two games tonight. Yes. And uh, I think you've got a, a play on at least one. You might have a play on both games. So. I do. Okay. And really quickly before we get to the games tonight, we should just say um, that uh, 
a very big missed opportunity for the Memphis Grizzlies yesterday as well. Well, they had three loss. three. The Grizzlies? Grizzlies, yeah. Oh, the Grizzlies. and uh, That's a big blown opportunity. That 117-116 loss, really entertaining game. But i got to tell you, NBA officiating will just drive you crazy. Oh, hell yeah. I just it's, It makes some of these games hard to watch. Yep. And I hate to say it because it was, there was so much talent on display, and it could have been such a um, – we could have been talking about such a well-played basketball game, but why did the officials have to constantly get in the way – and, and basically just screw everything up. Except for the just horrendous and overtly physical foul by Draymond Green. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, Draymond got tough. And that's just part of it. That's just part of the poor official. Right. No, There's a lot right. more to it. Of course, you're right. Uh, but Draymond got called for flagrant, too. Uh, and here's the worst part, actually. I don't know if you saw the news this morning. The league reviewed it. And uh, no, they're not rescinding it. So he gets another flagrant point, two more, and then he has to – two more flagrant points, and then he is – Well, the league likes to back up its officials. Yes. You know, and say, not well, that good. was a correct call. We're going to move forward. Uh, the Warriors sneak out a win. And that game uh, goes over the total yesterday in Memphis, but the Warriors do not get the cover yesterday. So uh, once again, on those small point spreads like that, one and a half, two, two and a half, three, a lot of times you're better off laying the money line than the points. Yep. Warriors minus 130, winner. If you laid two and a half, you were a loser. Now minus 550 to win the series. That seems high. It it's seems high, but they do have a third splash brother now that makes uh, Golden State much more dangerous. And I will say, too, I was texting with Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate Superbook. In Colorado, they took a pretty they took a bet at minus 500 that pushed it to the minus 550. So the initial open was like minus 475 on the series price adjusted. Uh, but, yes, you mentioned it. We have two games today. I do have a bet on both of them, including the Joel Embiid-less Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. But we'll get to that as part of Best Bets at the back end of the show. By when the we way, we back, have an NFL superstar who just got suspended for six yes, games. Yes, we do. When yeah. we come back, we're going to update that and talk to Jimmy Ott about that and much more. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. Hey, the Kentucky Derby, Saturday. And right now, VSIN's offering you a special $9.99 Kentucky Derby betting guide previews of uh, all the horses and jockeys for every race, plus best bets for the entire weekend, including the run for the roses. Pre order your copy now for only $9.99 at vsin.com slash derby guide. That is V-S-I-N dot com slash Derby Guide. All right. I think the call with Jimmy Yacht drops, so we'll uh, talk for a minute. Uh, we got the Kentucky Derby betting guide, which is going to be a good one. And uh, Dwayne Colucci has one of the, if not the best, Kentucky Derby seminar in Vegas. It's going to oh, be yeah. Friday night, 6 o'clock at the Rampart. Bob Ike is the featured handicapper. Bob and Dwayne do a great job breaking down the film, handicapping the horses, and I'll be out there Friday night for that. And Dwayne's going to be on the show with us tomorrow. Okay. I can't wait. I'm not, as you know, not a big Kentucky Derby guy, but last year did hit the winner in the Kentucky Derby. So not that big of a deal. I think because he shared the last name as <laughs> my, uh, my, uh, my wife's maiden name. Medina Spirit? Well, that was last year, right? Well, two years ago, the Derby winner got suspended and I had, or got uh, taken down. <laughs> got taken down. And I had that horse. Yes, uh, so it didn't go, that didn't go so well. But, uh, we got Jimmy Ott, who, by the way, Jimmy loves to handicap the horses, and he's with us now from ESPN Radio Baton Rouge. Follow him on Twitter at Jimmy Ott 1045. Jimmy, what'd you think of the Kentucky Derby uh, post-position draw today? Did you handicap the race yet? <laughs> no, I haven't, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. Um, I, got, uh, I got an Eclipse Award winner uh, in town, and Michael Baychock, who won the NHRA million-dollar handicapping contest where the Finals are at Treasure Island, and then Rob Henney out of uh, WestCoastHorseRacing.com. And now this is one where I defer, man. I just I can look at a racing form for you know a week straight, and I'm not going to pick up as much out of these guys. So sometimes you got to know your weeks and your weakness and strengths. And I defer to Michael Baychuk and Rob Henney. Those guys are great. So Jimmy, uh, draft of course in the books. Uh, did you like everybody else have a pretty good weekend and cashing in on some draft props? Had a great week. 
had a great week, uh, JVT. And, uh, you know, I was a little late to the party. It didn't hit as big on the uh, Derek Stingley. But my my move on that one, and I got him at 19-1, to 1, uh, was more uh, to be the number three pick. Uh, you know, we took him uh, under 11.5 to go in the top 10 uh, at even money. And then he went all the way down to minus 110 uh, to go as a third pick on draft night. But um, with the soft gardener, a love had come, had come in. And with uh, Lovey Smith's comments as well, and you don't want to dive in uh, everything where they're gonna, a team is going to say publicly. But uh, I know I was at the, the LSU Pro Day. And you know, sometimes it's not as impressive as when you go out to Indianapolis because that's more of a true time, a consistent time. A surface for the 40 times, but a 4.3740 is plenty fast enough for this guy. A 40 vertical leap is really good. He's right below it at 38 and a half. I mean, 40 vertical leaps good for NBA players. So he was right there, and he's, he does everything he's supposed to do as far as staying in shape. He's not going to show up out of shape. He's not going to show up in the police blotter and things like that. He's a safe character play. So I could see where uh, a team would view him as a, a stronger uh, prospect. In uh, Sauce Gardner. So and the other thing is, man, there were those workouts, those practices at LSU when he went against Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase were legendary. And Joe Burrow told us, he says, man, I hear all this hoopla about this guy being the number one, uh, you know, the nation's number one prospect coming out of high school, and said, well, we're going to see how good he is. And I learned real quick that he is really good. So, and we've seen what those two guys have done at the at the NFL. Jefferson the most yards any receiver in the history of the game in the first two years, and Jamar Chase changing uh, the Cincinnati Bengals offense completely. So I thought there was a chance. I mean, at 19-1, to uh, you know, I took a swing, and we hit it. You know, even on draft day, though, when a lot of us are like, hey, we got better numbers here and better numbers here, I put out six on the show, our afternoon drive show, which uh, comes on right before me, and I was still able to get, like, Daxton Hill in the first round, Andrew Both. Uh, over 33 and a, uh, over a 33 and a half. Jordan Davis under 14 and a half. Minnesota to take a DB at even money. The Saints were not going to take a quarterback. They signed Jameson James Williams, uh, James Winston, and they also signed um, you know the uh, Andy Dalton as the backup. So in a light draft, I did you know the favorite was quarterback, so wide receiver and offensive line. We took both of them. At plus 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 two fifty and plus three dollars, hit that as well. So it was uh, there was some money to be made. I did see some adjustments by the books a little bit where they caught some middles. Daxton Hill started at twenty seven and a half, went to thirty one and a half, and went right in the middle uh, at thirty one. Uh, I'm sorry, went thirty one and a half to twenty seven and a half and fell at thirty one. And a couple of other prospects uh, in the first round, but for the most part, uh, as y'all you know where very well, the books got beat pretty good again. Yeah, I have not talked to a book director yet who said they won on the draft. Uh, Chuck Esposito at Red Rocks said small loser. John Avello at DraftKings said it was more than just a small loser. But Chuck, uh, Johnny also said at DraftKings, hey, we'll be back again doing it yep. next year. Uh, hopefully that's the case with uh, most books. I know uh, South Point took its draft props down early, and a lot of bookmakers just didn't even want to put this stuff up in Vegas over the weekend. But it's a, it's a great thing to bet if you do your research. And uh, the bookmakers don't like to get beat. Derek Stingley went third to the Texans. First five picks off the board were defensive players. Anyway, the drafts off the book, uh, in the books. And um, Jimmy, I thought a significant move was made by the by the Saints. And we, we 
kind of had a hint this was going to happen going into the weekend. Tyron Matthew comes back home. The Saints sign him. Uh, the Westgate Superbook, based on the draft and uh, the Matthew signing and everything that's happened, moved the Saints Super Bowl odds uh, this weekend from 60 to 1 to 30 to 1. Uh, are you in agreement with that sort of move? Do you feel that do you feel that good about what the Saints have done here so far in the offseason? Well, they, you know, the offensive line uh, and wide receiver were needs, and they addressed them. Uh, Sean Payton's not in the draft room anymore, but they still stayed consistent. They always move up and don't want to take any chance when they're close to getting their guy. They did it again. And then Mickey Loomis, the general manager, and when Randy Mueller was fired, they never really hired a GM. They just gave the title to Mickey Loomis when he was a capologist. And so Sean Payton and the uh, and the scouting staff were doing most, of the, you know, calling most of the shots. But they still had the same approach, you know, with Dennis Allen uh, and Mickey Loomis obviously having a little bit more uh, say so. But he did say right after he said, "We have a glaring weakness, and you guys can all figure it out uh, after the draft." And it was at safety. Matthew had already been in his hometown of New Orleans earlier, and it's kind of like, well, we're just a little far apart. And translate, I'm keeping my career. I'm going to make my, my last contract pretty strong, and they're just not willing to do that at one point. As soon as they got out of the draft, they turned it up, turned up the offer, and made the deal. Um, coming, I saw him in high school. He's a fantastic player, but he was so little, nobody offered him. So he came to Baton Rouge for, uh, for a camp, a high school camp, and some a lot of invites, so it was some of the top players. And in coverage, he's just making play after play after play. In the limited, uh, you could see when no tackling because the physicality of his game is so good. And then his freshman year, with all the great DBs that they've had, they there is no comp to Tyron Matthew in his two years in college. And, I mean, just block punts, recoveries, force punts, I mean, uh, re, uh, punt returns for touchdowns and, and long plays. I mean, over and over, game-altering plays. That Oregon team was great. They beat Wisconsin in the, uh, in the, in the, in the Rose Bowl that year with Russell Wilson. I mean, he, he strips the guy and recovers it all in one, you know, in, all in one speed. And so he uh, got sidetracked, and the best thing that happened for him, he could go to a, a former teammate and a mentor in Patrick Peterson in Phoenix, Arizona, and make sure he stays on the straight and narrow, and he has. And now he's come comes back to town, talks to the team. He does a lot of charities, married with children, and he's really got his uh, his life pointed in the right direction. Because we're coming out of college, we didn't think going back to New Orleans was the best place for him. Now it's a whole different story, and everybody's excited about having it. Married with children, life headed in the right direction. That's the story of JVT, right? I mean, yeah. That's what people there say about you. Ar- you arguable that it's heading in the right direction. <laughs> anyway, the Saints Saints go from 60-1 to one to 30-1 to one at the Westgate Superbook after the weekend and all the moves. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have a little bit um, more trouble on their hands here. Pro Bowl wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins suspended for six games for violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy. And the Cardinals traded for a receiver uh, during the draft. Jimmy, you only got about 40 seconds left. I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on Brian Kelly and how things are going so far in Baton Rouge for Brian Kelly. Okay. Uh, he's way more buttoned up than Coach O. Yeah, this just did. We, you know, they kind of needed it. With there's, there's championship hangovers, and then there's what happened with LSU. The <laughs> imperfect storm. Yeah. Um, but 
it's uh, you know we have to see. I got to see if he can recruit at this level with you know with the Alabamas and Texas A and M's uh, of the world right now. I know he can coach. Uh, we know that um, it, it is going to be a legitimate quarterback battle uh, with Jaden Daniels and Miles Brennan, and uh, and so we'll see what that happens. But they'll be well coached. They'll beat the teams they're supposed to, but it may be a few years away from competing at the top level. Jimmy Ott, host Jimmy Ott's Game Time, ESPN 104, uh, 104.5 Baton Rouge. Jimmy, thank you for the time, sir. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate it. Got it. We'll come back. Let's talk to another smart mind, especially when it comes to college football, Brad Powers. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get your edge this playoff season with the Body Armor Edge Basketball Throwdown. Join four free Fantasy Hoops contests and play for your share of $20,000 in total cash prizes while the action unfolds on the court. Head to DraftKings.com slash Body Armor Edge now to draft your best lineup. Find out if you'll outlast the competition. Body Armor, more than a sports drink. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Outlasting the competition is maybe a term you could use for our next guest, although I think you could probably get more extreme. 41-17 and 17 in the NFL draft. That would be one Brad Powers and how he did in this NFL draft betting. He's with us now. Brad, I would assume that you had a good weekend. Yeah, all right. We'll see if we can get this uh, fixed up. I would it's, assume this. It's too bad. Good. That was quite a dramatic lead-in you had there. I mean, work, I mean I, part of me just wants to stay silent and just that was <laughs> beautiful. Broadcasting 101 there. That was outstanding. Uh, Brad's quote, if uh, you saw it on Twitter, about NFL draft betting in Vegas, quote, besides Nevada being a terrible state <laughs> to bet the NFL draft, I still absolutely love the draft. And uh, Brad's right about it. Nevada is not the best place to bet the draft. You don't have access to uh, a lot of the props that are out there in the market. But Brad Power still went 41 and 17 on his draft prop bets. And Brad is back with us now. Brad, very profitable NFL draft for you, right? It was. Now, quick update that 41 and 17 was night one, finished 49 and 26. Uh, you know what? The, the, the later rounds weren't as profitable for That's... me, but uh, I'll just say this opening night was about as good as, good as it gets as far as betting. Uh, with you know, that it's... new record, we should probably hang up. We don't want to talk about this now. 49 and 26. <laughs> yeah, That's garbage. You, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, what I find interesting about that, Brad, is I had somewhere around 35 prop bets on this draft. And I had a few people tell me, man, you made way too many bets in this draft. That's, that's crazy. That's too many. And then you made a lot more than I did. And I said, I think I finished on those 35 bets, something like 27 and 8, and you were 41 and 17. This is a very profitable event if you do your research and you have good instincts and, and search for the best numbers. And I think uh, that's why bookmakers don't like to book it, especially here in Nevada. And I think, Brad, you might be partly responsible for the South Point taking down their draft props early because I think you came out here and hit the kiosk and hit the South Point pretty hard on some props, right? I I did. So it was, (laughs) you know, I hit them with kudos for them for releasing to begin with. I think they released, what, that Friday before the draft. Right. Uh, You know, I hit them up. You know, I thought some were wrong. And then, you know, obviously there was some over the weekend, some news breaking starting at the top of the draft where Trevon Walker flipped from, you know, two to one dog to favorite. And, you know, at that time at five in the morning on a Monday, South Point had him up. I'm making a drive there, trying to bet on the kiosk, make a couple bets. And all of a sudden, I can't make any more bets. So uh, I, I apologize to anyone listening out there if you're trying to 
the uh, the draft at the South Point after that, I think I did hurt some people in Brad, that regard. Brad screwed it up for everybody, JVT. No, I was, yeah. uh, you know, when you, you say you made that many bets, I was going to ask you, do, are you counting some of the props you bet twice? Like, uh, I'll give you an example. I bet Christian Watson uh, to be drafted before George Pickens, uh, wide receivers. I bet Watson minus 110. Sharp money actually moved against me, and about two hours later, I bet Watson plus 175 uh, to be drafted before Pickens. And actually, Watson did go before Pickens, so it worked out well. I bet, uh, you know, the draft position number on Derek Stingley under 11.5, and, and I came back and bet it again under 8.5, so I was counting those as four bets. Is that how you counted that? Do you, do some of those bets uh, you made twice? Because, that's man, that's a hell of a lot of props. 58 on the first round? <laughs> yeah, there was some uh, double stuff there. And i got to be honest, I probably would have made more if I was living in a different state. Uh, yeah. But, the, I mean, there's a lot of correlation. Uh, I mean, just just for example, just the, the number one pick in the draft. I mean, you could have uh, got Walker, obviously, two to one, or heck, if you were betting a month or so before, you could have gotten as high as 35 to one. You could have gotten his draft position when that opened up under three and a half. If you were believing in the news, then you could have turned around and t- took Aiden Hutchinson over one and a half. So, you know, just off a of one piece of news, you know, you could have three, four bets just off that one thing. So, Brad, you, you've mentioned a couple of times now uh, Nevada and the uh, the state of this state in terms of betting on the NFL draft. I- I'm going to assume that this doesn't get any better at all in terms of the offerings here. As we move forward and into next year, what do you think this looks like? Is this going to look the same? Books hanging this up on Mondays and then taking it down, of course, the 24 hours like they have to. Is there a shot that there's going to be more books that join the fold of not even hanging these up next year? Yeah, if anything, I think it becomes less. I mean, it is what it is. I'm going to complain because I think there's opportunity for me personally to, to make money. But I'll also say this. A lot of those books don't have an issue, you know, promoting same-game parlays, you know, futures markets with 30% theoretical holds. They have no problem taking bets in that regard. But, my goodness, if, if the player has a little bit of an advantage, and I'm not talking about getting down 5000 a pop on these props. I was comfortable getting down a few hundred bucks. I'm not looking to hurt them too bad. Uh, I just I think there's some hypocrisy there from the sports books. And look, if it's so bad, then why are other states offering it and the state of Nevada isn't? It just that's what bothers me. Yeah, it bothers me a little bit too. Yeah, actually, William Hill put up a uh, prop with uh, 30 players listed, uh, odds to be the number one pick in the draft. 30 players were listed. None of those players were Trayvon Walker, and there was no field bet option. I thought that was very interesting. Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, Brad, how about some of the uh, quick perceptions you had on some of the teams? I saw you tweeted out you had a fifth-round grade, fifth round grade on Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver from Baylor, who went to the Patriots with the uh, 50th pick in the second round. It seemed like the Patriots reached on uh, at least a couple of draft picks. Uh, teams that you thought did exceptionally well or might have uh, reached a little bit too much in this draft? Well, we'll start with the Patriots. Uh, not not just one draft pick, but I, I thought a couple. Now, look, I'm not going to question Bill Belichick too much. Uh, I mean, he's forgotten more about football than I'll ever learn. But with that being said, he doesn't, you know, in the last five to seven years, doesn't have a lot of, uh, of great NFL draft uh, to hang his hat on. That's right. I mean, I like the Mac Jones pick, but other than that, mm-hmm. he hasn't been known to be a very good drafter, at least here recently. And Obviously, starts at the top. I thought he reached a little for Cole Strange, the guard out of Chattanooga. Tyquan Thornton was one. Uh, Jack Jones, I wasn't a big uh, uh, you know, fan of. So, yeah, they, they did not get a great grade when it came to the Patriots. Now a team that did, 
no surprise. They draft well every single year. In fact, I would argue they draft probably as well as anybody since the franchise came over from Cleveland. It's the Ravens. I mean, year after year after year. And we're not talking that they have a top 10 draft pick every year. They, they normally don't. Even this year, I mean, you take a guy like Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, ran a slow 40. But, I mean, the losing franchises in the NFL always react to stuff like that. Oh, he runs a slow 40. Well, if you pop on the tape, he doesn't, <laughs> run, he doesn't play like he, he runs right. a 4 six forty. Kyle Hamilton. On top of it, you got, you got probably a 10-year starter at center and Tyler Linderbaum. On top of it, then you get Ojabo, who's going to be a top-10 pick. He you know, hurts his Achilles. But values there, I mean, if he's healthy, then you got an extreme value there with, with the outside linebacker from Michigan, who the new defensive coordinator, Harbaugh, uh, you know, he was under his brother Harbaugh as a defense coordinator. He goes up to the Ravens, so he's very familiar with that defensive system. Travis Jones out of UConn's great. Balele, the 400-pound offensive tackle out of Minnesota, another great pick, I thought. So I thought the Ravens had the best draft. Yeah, I thought they had a really good draft, too. And uh, like you said, it seems to happen that way every year. Uh, the Minnesota offensive lineman, Falele, 6'9", 400 pounds. Yeah, he's just a massive human. I kind of love that pick in the fourth round. Uh, Brad, I also saw your tweet about LSU and Penn State. And uh, LSU went 6-7 and seven last season, had 10 players drafted. Ed Orgeron was fired. Penn State went 7-6, and six, had 8 players drafted. James Franklin gets a 10-year, $85 million contract. I think the, the Franklin contract is foolish. It's, it's, it's crazy. But all that aside, I think draft weekend is also a great time to evaluate these college football programs, what's leaving, what's coming in, kind of assess what happened. And, Brad, it seems to me that uh, there's no way to really explain the mess that the Texas program has become. How does Texas come out of a draft with zero draft picks? It's completely unacceptable. And you can argue that recruiting rankings are overrated. They're usually – on average, they're not. In fact, I mean, you could have said it maybe 20 years ago, but not now. I mean, stars do matter. I did tweet that out that 60% of all five stars end up getting drafted in the NFL draft. Four stars are at like 24%. Three stars are at 7%. And yet Texas, I mean, gets four and five-star types of players, top ten recruiting classes left and right. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't a one-year wonder for them as far as not getting a lot of draft picks. It's been a perennial problem for them the last 10, 12 years. I would say no program in college football – even with the USC's and the Miami's of the world, no program underachieves more than Texas, at least the last decade. They have gone under their season win total seven consecutive years. <laughs> That's Paul Stone. That hurts Paul Stone's heart. Uh, Brad, we got about 40 seconds left. Any other quick observations you made in terms of college programs coming out of draft weekend? You know, at Cincinnati, kudos for you want to talk about teams not developing players like Texas? How about teams that do develop draft picks? Cincinnati, are you kidding me? With their recruiting classes to get nine draft picks more than any other group of five school in history, kudos to Luke Fickle. That was a legitimate team that made the playoffs last year. Brad, it's good to talk to you, man. Thank you for my uh, for the time today. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Brad Powers at Brad Power 7 up on Twitter where you can give him a follow Outstanding college football handicapper and obviously did very well on the NFL draft. All right, we'll come back. Uh, We'll update you on the news in the National Football League. A uh, star receiver is going to hit the bench because he has been suspended for quite a few games. And uh, it's a pretty big deal because that team actually went to go get his replacement, it seems, in the draft.
Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. <laughs> Welcome back. This segment of The Edge brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Are you tired of the same old, same old when it comes to nicotine? Have you been looking, hoping, wishing for a more satisfying, discreet, or smoke-free way to experience nicotine satisfaction? Just look for three letters, Z-Y-N. Zen nicotine pouches are a satisfying, smoke-free, spit-free tobacco alternative. They're available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, and it's never been easier to find your Zen. Head over to Zen.com slash find, locate a store near you, Z-Y-N.com slash find. Warning, product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical gotta be careful don't overdose on nicotine uh no you can get very sick 
Um, you know, I did want to mention uh, quickly before we go to uh, best bets and what you have yeah. tonight in the association. I watched every hour, basically every minute of the draft coverage over the weekend because I recorded uh, the shows and I went back and watched uh, all of it last night, everything that I'd missed. I went down to the draft on Saturday and uh, I'll have a photo from that that will uh, feature on tomorrow's show. Okay. This is going to be a surprise. Uh, but I thought some of the most interesting moments of the draft coverage. Desmond Ritter, when he was sitting next, when he finally got drafted by the Falcons, sitting next to his girlfriend, and his girlfriend sees this is her time to be a, a star on TV. She's got some TV time. She's sitting next to Ritter, so she's trying to get get her face in the camera, and she says something, you know, mutters those three words, baby, and tries to kiss him on the cheek, and he won't even acknowledge her. He just looks away, looks straight ahead, and left her hanging. Really? Oh, yeah. Man, that's it something. was hilarious. I was laughing about it for five minutes. It was kind of like when Brooks Kepka's girlfriend tried, remember when he was walking out for yes. the major? Yeah. And she tried to kiss him, and he was just like, get lost. Yes. Yeah. I, I remember that. That was kind of what or Ritter did to his girlfriend. What's the, mo- the most huh? famous of draft moments when it involved a significant other, which was the uh, demonic smile of Russell Wilson's then girlfriend. Who, uh, you know, which was crazy, was too, because that, she, I thought at the time she was Russell Wilson's wife, was she not? I've, maybe. I thought I'd, they were married at the time. But anyway, he was, what, a third-round pick, so it's not like he hit the lottery. Right. Hey, you know what? But, yeah, I know what you you're support talking the about. Ones, you, you support the ones that you, that you love, Matt. That's what you do. <laughs> Same thing. If you got drafted uh, in the third round of the media draft, I, I'd celebrate for you. <laughs> the media mock draft, third right. place. That's right. Hey, third place. There you go. Uh, here's another one. Can we change his lower third, by the way, to have that from now on for the next year? Matt Humans, winner of the third pl- winner of third place. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you, here's another thing. Yes. Let's stop it with the Wayne Newton, Mr. Las Vegas crap and quit trotting oh, this, yeah. his carcass out for every uh, <laughs> good every promo opportunity. <laughs> Can we get rid of Wayne Newton? He's done. He's been finished I'm for a long you. time. Take his plastic face, put him in the closet, and don't let him out. Done with Wayne Newton. This is He was an embarrassment. They brought him out for the Raiders announcement. He got the name wrong. He couldn't even move his He's got so much plastic in his head, he can't move. It's comical, but it's also sad. This is, I think, goes back to our um, our our mutual friend, Steve Cofield, uh, would usually refer to Las Vegas, or the sports media refers to Las Vegas as like a sports Siberia, where you don't really know what's going on in Las Vegas. It's uh-huh. super isolated for some reason. Yeah. So people just think of Las Vegas, and like, Wayne Newton's got to be the guy, right? When <laughs> in reality, I can probably throw you 10 different people <laughs> Who represent more of a, more of a recent Vegas vibe right. than Wayne Newton would? I mean, let's stop it with the Mister Las Vegas crap because <laughs> that's embarrassing to Las Vegas to call that guy Mister. La- let's let's come up with some candidates. Derek Stevens. Derek Stevens could be Dana White could be one. There I don't you know. Go. You throw out names like that. People who are Mike fit. Palm. Derek Stevens and Dana White <laughs> are two great candidates to be Mister Las Vegas. Yes, they are. Yes, huh? they are. What about Matt Humans? We can, no, no. We, we can come up with some. Uh, you know the Von Tobles were one of the first ones. We came in Las up Vegas with some was... legit ideas to take over the Mister Las Vegas title and take it away from Wayne Newton, who uh, I, I don't want to see the guy again. I really don't. I see Santos laughing. Santos, that's huh? a fact. One of the first 100 families in Las Vegas. Look it up. Von Tobles, founding Von Tobel Lumber, Lumber Company. Right? Of course, yeah. See, Maddows we're talking about Von Tobel and yep. Vegas synonymous with one another. <laughs> in fact, we had to turn down multiple uh, requests to show up at the draft. Didn't think it was professional. You were born with a silver spoon, weren't you? Uh, 
Gold Spoon. You're kind of yeah. like Dark Kazarian. Yeah. Right? <laughs> kind of. Except the, well, at some point, my dad was like, you get none of this. And I was like, come on. Grew up man, playing water polo, went to Ivy League. That I did yeah. not know. Okay. Well, the Ivy League, no, of course. <laughs> it was a little above me. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, really quickly, before we get the best bets, too, okay. uh, just to update everybody once more, if you're just joining the broadcast, uh, the Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, has been suspended for six games, violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing mm-hmm. drugs. And the quick addition to this is, you said how many? What's different that? types of performance? three different types of steroids. He tested positive for uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like that should be more than six games. Or you well, just get two for each. Do you just get two for each steroid? Who know? Who really knows? I mean, I'm sure he's going to have some sort of excuse. You know, I was Take recovering. I was recovering from an injury. Taking that, I didn't know what I was taking. Whatever. The Cardinals did make a draft day deal, and they picked up uh, Hollywood Brown from the Ravens as wide receiver. But Brown's a little speed guy, like Rondale Moore, who was a second round draft pick by the Cardinals last year. Hopkins is a bigger receiver. I would think if you know you're going to lose Hopkins, maybe you try to get Traylon Burks in the draft, a bigger receiver from Arkansas. But obviously what the Cardinals are trying to do is make uh, Kyler Murray happy because that that was his favorite receiver from Oklahoma is trying to put a smile on little Kyler's face uh, so he won't be such a problem in the offseason. But I don't really like what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals. I would agree. I would agree. All right, best bets. Uh, it involves the two games later today. We'll start with the big one. Philadelphia 76ers without Joel Embiid and Matt Eumann. Seven and a half. Uh, multiple spots. Total of 208 and a half. But we'll call those the consensus numbers. Grabbed to seven and a half with the Philadelphia 76ers here today. And I, there's there's quite a lot that goes into it from, from a number standpoint. What I found pretty interesting was Miami was actually laying six and a half against Atlanta in game one. And they had Kyle Lowry in that game. Here you are laying a point more against Philadelphia 76ers without Kyle Lowry. I would say that the 76ers, their current version, grayed out still, if not equal to the mm-hmm. Atlanta Hawks, still slightly better than the Atlanta Hawks. Sure. So just from that standpoint, uh, I think this number is a little high. The other part of this, too. A lot is, of times, you yeah. know, Embiid, he is an MVP or, you know, a yeah. legit top three MVP candidate. So his impact is going to be uh, felt in this series, at least in the first couple of games when he's out. But sometimes we do, I think, exaggerate the meaning of the loss of a star player. Like mm-hmm. Chris Middleton's out for the Bucs, and a lot of people think, well, the Bucs are finished. They're screwed. Well, the Bucs are going to Boston and win by double digits in game one. Sometimes in the first game when a star goes down, we, t- we talk about the falling star theory. Which I hate. I know. But it, it's actually a good handicapping because well, Because you want, to know why, you want to know why, why I don't like it? Because people present the falling star theory as they're going to rally and play harder. When I think it is, is that the market – overreacts to the loss of the star well, it's player. It's a combination. Maybe, right? It's a combination, too. First, the market overreacts. And also, it is true that when a star goes out, you have other guys who just step up. I think uh, there are guys on that Sixers team who are capable of stepping up and playing better. They just, yeah, they just sometimes don't get the opportunities because Embiid's <laughs> out there. I think it does create opportunities for other players when a, a star goes out. I always think a lot of times stars are overvalued yeah. and the market overreacts. Does, uh, does James Harden strike you as like a guy who's like, come on, guys, let's win this with Joel? Tobias Harris might be that, <laughs> might be guy. that guy. Uh, so I took that. And also, the interesting matchup thing here, uh, Miami Heat, really good in terms of um, limiting shots in the paint in the restricted area. Uh, but because they are so like vehement about defending the rim, they're actually 30th in opponent three-point frequency, giving mm-hmm. up a lot of three-point attempts. 41.9% of opponents of the regular season shot attempts came from beyond the arc. They also ranked last in open three-point attempts allowed. Defender four to six feet away. So uh, that, I think, could play into the Harden role here, which is 
Let's make this look like the old Houston Rockets teams. Let's just start shooting threes. Let's start Niang at the five. We'll get super small, and we'll just start shooting threes. We got three. We got four guys on this team. We shoot about 37%. Two of them shoot about 40. Let's get this thing done. So I think that's an interesting matchup theory that I think the 76ers are going to roll with here. A low-volume shooting team in the season, but I think you're going to see that ratcheted up against a well, team. Well, you know what? That, that's true, too. A lot of times when you go small ball, yep. that can be beneficial. Yep. And the other here is Mavericks plus six. As I put this today, I just – I think the market's a little high on Phoenix, and I think this is more of I really like this Mavericks team. But if you're telling me, like, from a series price perspective, the Suns are going to win that series 75% of the time or 75 times out of 100, that's pretty strong. Catching six here with the Mavericks team that since the start of 2022 has been one of the best teams in the NBA that has a mismatch hunter in Luka Doncic who's going to go after Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who we don't even know is 100% healthy. Right. Uh, I just think that this is one where it's going to be – a pretty tight game that they're going to be able to stay within that. But market actually got down to five and a half multiple shots. Now back up to six and uh, uh, we'll see ultimately where that ends up. But both underdogs tonight in the NBA. Are you taking both dogs tonight? You have any uh, series bets before the series or adjusted series prices you're going to play? No, I have not bet anything from adjusted series prices because I also have futures all around in these semifinal games, right? Like I've actually got Mavericks to win the Western Conference 14 to one and the Suns to win the finals at seven to one. We talked about the Celtics at 60, at 66 to one to win the NBA finals. Uh, also got the Heat at 14 to one to win the NBA finals. So I'm going to sit back and hope that I can, I think a majority of those are, I'm going to get a pretty good position to move on to this. Yeah, I want to look at the Celtics injuries. I'm trying to decide before tomorrow if I want to bet the Celtics plus 120 yeah. on the adjusted series price or not. Also, tomorrow we'll uh, recap the NFL draft best bets. I have a surprise photo from the NFL draft, and we'll review the uh, top draft classes uh, tomorrow. We have uh, Dwayne Colucci on to talk about the Kentucky Derby tomorrow as well. Can't wait. You know what we start working on now, right? It's an NBA draft. <laughs> all right, we're all done. My guys in the desert coming up next. It's Freddie Prince Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.